going on, y'all? Welcome back to the Cold Seat Podcast, where the seats are cold and the takes are hot. Thursday Turf Talk coming at you guys today. I think this is episode or edition 15 or 16, I think I want to say right now. Maybe we may have missed a couple in there. Um, we'll see what it is when we get it posted. But around 15 or 16, given the holiday we missed. Um, yeah, we've got college football playoffs are set. We've got the latest or the last edition of the college football playoff rankings. We've got uh, our one kind of college football game pick of the week of Army versus Navy. We'll get to our bowl picks later on, kind of as they come in, like kind of in a rolling schedule since they're kind of scattered from what, like the 15th or the 16th to basically New Year's Day. Um, we've got some NFL picks for the week, and then we'll have a Heisman check in, in between our, our game picks of college and NFL this week. But we'll get it kicked off starting with the uh, CFP final rankings thoughts from us. Um, we'll go. 25 to 21, like we usually do, kind of go in fives. And then we'll really spend some time talking about the top eight this week, since that was really where the controversy lied. So um, I'll let Brett kick it off if he wants to with 25 to 21, and we'll get this thing rolling today. Yeah, so the sixth edition of the college football playoff rankings and the final ones that determined the top four teams, they came out this past Sunday uh, afternoon. And so at 25 is Kansas State. It's just sitting at eight and four. 24 is SMU. They jumped into the rankings after beating Tulane in their championship game. They're 11 and two. They beat Tulane by 12. Liberty's 23, moving up a spot. 13 and 0, finished the season undefeated, playing Oregon in a bowl game. Um, they beat New Mexico State in their conference championship, 49 to 35. Clemson went up one at still sitting at eight and four, and then Tennessee also at eight and four at 21. Yeah, no, no surprises there. Um, glad Liberty jumped up ahead of SMU to get that New Year's Six Bowl. Um, happy for them, obviously, and then um, nothing too crazy there. Kind of through the rest of it. I'm not, I wasn't a fan of the fact that Clemson and Tennessee were still ranked, but whatever. Um, going from 20 to 16 here, Oklahoma State drops two spots after getting throttled uh, after by Texas, nine and four. Uh, Oklahoma State jumps up one at eight and four after their loss. NC State jumps up to one at nine and three after they were idle. Uh, Iowa do- goes down one spot after the 26 to nothing loss against Michigan, and, and three, and then uh, Notre Dame jumps up a spot, uh, being idle as well this week at 16. Yeah, I mean you expected Oklahoma State and Iowa to drop, both losing their conference championship games, but the rest was uh, pretty self-explanatory. You know, pretty much if you didn't play, you either stayed still or you went up one. So I'm going to the top 15 here. Louisville dropped a spot. After losing to Florida State in the ACC title game, they lost 16-6. to Still a 10-win season for them uh, with a bowl game to come. 14, Arizona, up one at 9-3. 13 is LSU, sitting at 9-3. 12, OU, um, sitting at 10-2. And, and then 11 is Ole Miss at 10-2 as well. Again, yeah, nothing nothing wild here. No, really no movement other than the little drops one spot. I mean... Everyone was basically everyone was idle this week in this ranking. So uh, nothing crazy there. Coming in at number 10 is Penn State, staying the same after being idle. Mizzou stays at nine after being idle. Ohio State drops one in the rankings after not playing this week. Oregon moves down three spots after losing a tight win to Washington in the Pac-12 title game, the final Pac-12 title game ever, which is pretty wild. Um, Georgia drops down five spots from one down to six after losing to Alabama by three in the SEC title game, ending their uh, their three-peat bid. Um, I think it came to a surprise for a lot of folks, but um, certainly 
it was a great game. Um, certainly a bit of an eye opener for I think how they were and uh, kind of how Alabama was this year. So I'll get brackets the the one through five here, and then we'll we'll kind of talk about the top eight here. Yeah. So in five, Florida State dropped a spot after going undefeated, and they won 16 to six over Louisville. Like I said, um, when we talked about Louisville at 15, the so Florida State at five, Bama went up to four, jumped up from eight. Um, they're 12 and one after a three point win over Georgia. Texas is up to three, jumped up four spots as well from seven. They are 12 and one after a 21 or a 28 point win over Oklahoma State. Number two is Washington that won the Pac-12 title game, like you said, over Oregon by three. Washington stays undefeated and Michigan stays undefeated as well as they went up a spot to the number one ranking after a 26 nothing win over Iowa in the Big Ten title game. And so. I think we we I think after the the bowl games or after, rather the bowl games the uh, the conference championship games um, really after the after the afternoon window I think we basically knew like hey Michigan's probably going to win against Iowa um, I believe they did they covered uh, what was it like twenty two and a half they covered because Iowa literally didn't score a point which is hilarious very on brand for for Iowa um, but I think we kind of knew it was going to be Michigan and Florida State and then. Um, I think as the Florida State game unfolded is when folks started to really go, hey, like, should they even be in the playoff? Um, obviously a third string quarterback in there, but given how they looked against Florida, um, you know, probably not going to be worthy as well. So I know we have this conversation on the on on the regular pod episode that it released on Tuesday, um, but just for the sake of you didn't listen to that one, and you don't have time to go back and listen to it, we'll kind of have the conversation kind of in a condensed version here. Um, so basically, what happened is. Texas, obviously, Texas wins, Bama wins, Washington wins, Michigan wins, and Florida State beats Louisville 16-6 to in a game where I think Louisville turned the ball over, what, two or three times in the red zone, um, couldn't convert on touchdowns. So, really, it was a, a game that Florida State, I don't know if they won. I think Louisville rather lost the game. Um, so, obviously, the controversy became, like, who gets in between the three of Texas, Bama, and Florida State? Um, obviously, Washington and Michigan being 13-0 and Having dominant seasons, me and Floyd healthy, they get in. Um, if you look at Texas, they they were given the edge over Bama with the head-to-head win, which I think was the right the right thing to do from the committee. Um, so regardless of where they placed Florida State, they should have always had Texas over Bama, just given the fact they had played head-to-head. Um, and then for Florida State, I mean, I'll let Brett give his thoughts in a second, but I mean, in my mind, they don't go 13 and 0 with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback. Um, and to me, like if you look at it from the from Michigan or Washington's point of view of like, who would you rather play of the three? The easy pick is Florida State because they have a backup quarterback. And I think that's ultimately where the committee's decision kind of lied. And that's I think that's what the right thing. I mean, I guess they made the right decision uh, is what I'm trying to say. And I think that the process by which they made that decision was correct as well. Um, and looking at how, again, the fact that a Tate Rodemaker led Florida State doesn't go 13-0. They're a different team without Jordan Travis. It's an, it's an unprecedented thing. And um yeah, I think they did the right thing, and uh, it certainly sucks for Florida State to feel bad for the kids. It's out of their control, but I think, again, um, it's really not the place for for gold stars for great accomplishments, like I've said before. So I'll let Brett give his thoughts, and we'll kind of get rolling into the uh, Army-Navy game. Yeah, I think they got it right as well. Um, it is, you know, somewhat surprising that they leave an undefeated team out, but I agree that, you know, Florida State wasn't one of the best four teams. Yeah, they were deserving. Yeah, they did everything they could have. But when you when your best player 
well, arguably your best player and a guy that was, you know, probably going to be a Heisman finalist goes down. Um, then it kind of shifts the whole outlook of not only that team, but the playoff and the, you know, college football landscape. And unfortunately for them, that results in them falling outside the top four rankings, falling outside playing for a national championship. But nonetheless, the four teams that got in, I think, are, were very deserving from four different conferences. And ultimately, I don't think you could have left Bama or Georgia out or both out. I think you had to put one in. And with Bama winning that game, um, they deserved that four spot. So at the end of the day, uh, it should make for some really exciting, competitive playoff games come New Year's Day. I will say, had Jordan Travis been healthy, no questions asked, the SEC is out. Like they they are left out, no question. Um, I mean that that's what that's what Texas earned, and and again they're healthy. They've looked they've looked the best they've looked all year since week two, in the last two weeks. Um, I mean they they throttled an in-state rival in Texas Tech, who seemingly seemingly always plays them close regardless of location. Um, and again they they rolled an Oklahoma State team that had been really good at times this year and. Um, what they also did, I think that I think that impressed the committees that they kept Ollie Gordon in check, which not a lot of people have done this year, which really solidified the fact that like, hey, their their strength really does lie in their run defense. Um, so again, that that's again, like I said, Florida Florida State's fully healthy. Jordan Travis is playing, and even let's say Jordan Travis and they win, still they win close games, like they're in because we've seen what Jordan Travis can do against a team like LSU, against a team like Clemson, um, which I'm not a huge fan of using that. It's like a resume building win, but they're still a proud program with a really good defense. Um, so I think from that aspect, you can still, still look at it that way. Um, and with the way the Florida State defense played the last couple of weeks, like I get why people are pissed they're not in. But also, had Jordan Travis been healthy? I mean, the playoff is set at Michigan, Washington, Florida State, and Texas. And that's it. Like there's no – it would have been a real anticlimactic selection Sunday. Um, which I think some people would have argued that Bama should get in over Texas. But again, they beat them head-to-head. So – um, it's hard to argue with that, and I think, again, the, the point is not about, oh, we're leaving an ACC champ out who's unbeaten to get the ACC, and it's more about the fact that it's it's very circum- circumstantial and situational, and I think that you've got to have a little more nuance in your thinking when you're looking at this um, and going, man, how they leave it unbeaten? I mean, in a vacuum, when you take all of the context away, yeah, of course it's wrong. It's a travesty, but when you actually put the context into it and take that into account, Florida State ain't – I mean, dude, there would have been a double-digit spread, a three-score spread against Michigan or Washington or Texas for that matter. Like, it wouldn't have been close. So – and Bama. It would have been been a three-score spread against all four of those teams. So I think that's part of what goes into the committee – well, not part of it. It is what went into the committee's decision. And um, like we both echoed, they definitely got it right. Um, And like I said, I guess to give some retribution to Florida State fans – Jordan Travis is healthy. I mean, they're getting in, no question. Like they, even if they win the score, the game with the same score, they're getting in because they got the starting quarterback who, who led them to 13 and 0. I think that's the biggest thing. Is they're not going 13 and 0 with Tate Rodemaker at quarterback. And that's and I and I hate to say it because I think Tate's a really good kid. From all accounts, what we've seen all week is that Tate's an awesome kid. Um, he's waited his turn at Florida State. He's worked his ass off to kind of be in that position there. But again, that's not really. That's a Cincinnati situation again. So uh, when you've got four. Other really good teams. It's hard to hard to kind of make that decision, but again, um, I think they got the right one. Uh, moving into, we'll talk about some of the bowl game previews next week. I think like some of the bigger bowl game previews, and then make some picks. We'll have some bowl games coming up next week. Uh, there are I guess this time next week on the 13th 
or the 14th is what it'll be next week, 13th, something like that. I don't have a calendar in front of me. Um, but I do know the next Wednesday we will have, again, some bowl game picks for you. Um, we might even get a little bit of a preview for the other bowl games, depending on how much we have. So, But this is really the only game we've – actually, it's the only game we have this week is the Army-Navy game. Um, does not count towards bowl eligibility, so both teams are 5-6. and six. Um, I do think how I read that I was reading on this today, I, how there is 79 teams who were, who were bowl eligible per the NCAA. Then Jacksonville State and GMU were granted bowl eligibility because the, we didn't have enough teams. So you have to have 82 to fill up all the bowl games, which is wild that there's 41 bowl games. But I digress. Or I guess there's 39 with two playoffs. Whatever. Um, so we have one more team that needs to get in. Right now, I believe Minnesota. I think there's like an academic something rating that people that they go to for five and seven or yeah, five and seven teams. However, I do think the winner of this game then gets consideration. I think so. I think like Army being an independent, should they win, I believe they get consideration to be it, like the final team that goes in. So maybe one of these teams gets to a bowl game. Um, I did want to say I did want to add that in there because I looked at it, I was like, well. Do these teams get to go to a bowl if they win, given the fact that we don't have enough teams yet? So um, it sounds like it'll be Minnesota, but I'm pulling for Army in a bowl game for sure. Um, but I'll let Brett kick us off with the game pick on his uh, on his selection here. Yeah, Army-Navy, always a great game every year. Um, you know, normally pretty close. I think Army won the last like six years and then – or excuse me, Navy won the last six years or so, and then Army won it last year. Um, Army's favored by three. I'm picking Army to win and cover. Um, like I said, should be a really good game. Always a fun environment and a uh, standalone game really throughout the whole week. This is the only game we have. So I'm really looking forward to this one. I love the Army-Navy game. Um, it sucks that these two programs aren't that good. Um, and that we're kind of talking about this as, as two teams who, who are not bowl eligible um, going into it, which... Again, I, I hate to see that said. Um, we live in an army household. We live in an army, an army or a household that roots for army. Um, my girlfriend's younger brother goes to West Point, so um, it's always it's always go army, beat navy here. Um, so I'm pulling for army. Gonna take army to cover. Um, the line could be 100. I'm still gonna say army covers just because that's how we're rocking in this household. Um, no, on a serious note, I, I do. I think the army's gonna win. They've had, I think, more impressive years. Nick, again. I try not to do this because it's not always accurate, um, but like transitively, uh, Army beat Air Force, and uh, I think they beat them by uh, just over a score. And um, I want to say Navy lost by like two scores. So again, I hate I hate doing that because like if you look at it that way, you know, Tech beat or Texas beat Tech by 50, and Oregon beat Tech by eight. So transitively, they should, you know, they should you know be 38 point different between the two teams, which I, again, I hate our 32 point difference. I hate doing that or no 42. God, it's, it feels like a Saturday and my brain is off. Cause we had a bunch of people over last night and um, it's dead day for school. So like, well, I have nothing going on. So this feels like a Saturday. Um, I got to wake up a little bit, but um, yeah, like that's not transitively. That doesn't really work that way. So I hate usually doing that, but I did look at it for this game. Um, so give me army to win army to cover. Um, but it's always, it's always go army beat Navy over here. Yeah. Like I said, it should be a fun one. Uh, check out this Saturday. 
that's pretty much, like we said, the only game we're going to cover this week. Next week, we'll have some bowl games, and then probably the week after, we'll have the New Year's Six bowl games, just because we don't want to talk about them too far out, just to wait and see if guys, you know, drop out of the game or declare and stuff yeah. like that. So Who declares, who doesn't, yeah. Right. And what we do have, though, uh, the four Heisman finalists were announced uh, a couple days ago, and they are about what we expected. Um, Jaden Daniels the quarterback of LSU and the favorite to win it. Uh, Bo Nix is the Oregon quarterback. Michael Penix Jr., the Washington quarterback. And then Marvin Harrison Jr., the Ohio State wide receiver. So, um, like I said, about the four guys you expected come to this point in the season. Um, I mean, all four have had great seasons. Bo Nix set the completion percentage record. Marvin Harrison with an incredible year given the you know quarterback play. Michael Penix, granted, he has a ton of weapons around him, but he's played really, really consistently. And then Jaden Daniels um, has lit it up this year with tons of touchdowns and total yards. It's been a really, really good dual threat for them and uh, has been lighting up at CC defenses. So four deserving players, but my bet is going to be Jaden Daniels. Yeah, I'm picking Daniels to win. I will say, I, I'm going to just, just to have the dialogue since it's a shorter episode. You mentioned, and, and a lot of people do this. You mentioned Penix has all these weapons. I will say, like, he doesn't have any more weapons than, like, I think Daniels has the better receiver. I think Neighbors is better than Rome. And I think when you look at, like, like uh, McMillan versus McMillan and Polk versus Brian Thomas Jr., I think those are comparable twos. Um, and Troy Franklin's also a monster wide receiver one for in college. So I will say, like, I do think Penix gets kind of like the short end of the stick, uh, the raw end of the deal, if you will, whatever phrase you want to use i think he gets he gets up that that narrative when i think that we should and this is more about like yeah Penix can have it but i think we should also be giving it to to daniels and Bo, unless Jaden, because what he, he i mean he ran for almost 1200 yards this year so um you what i think he broke a bunch of joe burrow's sec records so um yeah i mean he got it's gonna be it's gonna be Jaden um because he was absolutely absurd this year and again broke a bunch of records on a, on a team that played zero defense um but I would, I did just want to point out, like for the sake of when we get to like the conversation for quarterbacks in the spring, we do like quarterback scouting. I just don't want to, I don't want to like knock Penix too hard for that because like the other guys in this class also have that of these three. Um, like I think Jaden's got the best receiver of the bunch. So um, the only guy who was better than his receiver this year was Marvin Harrison Jr., who's also a Heisman finalist. Um, seen a lot of folks talk about how Malik Neighbors should have been a finalist. He had better, he had better numbers, which he absolutely did, but. That's just like ESPN box score watching. If you actually go watch the games, like, I mean, Marvin Harrison was from a, like a, just a positional standpoint, like he was the best player in college football this year. Um, it sucks when I see him in the playoff and I mean, Ohio State didn't, didn't win the Michigan game. They didn't play in a, in a title game. So like, I can't, well, they're not, and I'm not advocating for them to be in. It just does suck that we're not going to see him play anymore in the college. Uh, I don't think he's going to play in the bowl game. Um, against Mizzou. Like it'd be cool if he did, but I just don't think Marv's going to play. It's not worth it for him. He's a he's a, a locked top three pick right now. Um, he's gonna probably gonna be my my number one player in the class. He's gonna be a lot of people's number one player in the class. So, um, but I mean, just you just watch the tape and you go, do you, you know why Ohio State was so good? Because they were they were talented this year. Don't get me wrong, but I mean, Kyle McCord's in the portal. Um, Marvin Harrison Jr. was the team for a lot of a lot of the portion of the year, not just because he was catching the ball, getting a bunch of targets, because he was getting other guys open, right? Like he was creating opportunities for other guys. Um, so I, Marvin Harrison Jr. I mean, in my mind is the Heisman Trophy winner. Um, but again, that's not really how it works. You got to have the, get the gaudy numbers as well. So uh, it'll be Jaden Daniels and it should be Jaden Daniels. Um, I, I believe he's now the 
100% betting favorite. Um, Bo Nix was the betting favorite for a little bit, and then Penix was. Um, but it's definitely after both those guys had they had good, not great, uh, Pac-12 title game performances. So it was I think at halftime the numbers heavily shifted to Jaden, and then um, kind of never looked back from there. But very deserving from him. Um, I'm excited to watch his tape, to like watch him at Arizona State, and even last year to like this year, um, just watching him like on TV. He's looked up just a million times better, um, stepping up when he needs to, not throwing picks. Um, you making better decisions with the ball, pushing it downfield, which is a big one that he did really didn't do last year. So really excited to watch his tape and um, an awesome season from all, from all four of these guys. Um, interesting that we have three fifth-year guys, three COVID-year guys, and then a, a guy who uh, literally didn't play in college football during COVID. So um, just kind of a wild dynamic between the four of these guys. And um, looking forward to the, the, the ceremony. Um, four super deserving like individuals too. These are all, by all accounts, awesome uh, guys off the field too, just as they're on the field. So super excited for the, the uh, Heisman Trophy ceremony this year. Yeah, me too. I mean, like you said, you know, all these guys are deserving. They've all played at an elite level all year long with really no down games. Um, yeah, I mean, they all the three quarterbacks all have pretty good weapons. Um, like you said, I mean, Jaden has neighbors and Thomas. Penix has just probably the deepest group. Um, with, no, he you know, definitely four, does. I would just four I would good just receivers. Just conversation. Right. And then um, Nick's with Franklin and Bucky Irving, um, you know, two really good players as well who should be good pros. So, um, yeah, I mean, four guys, which is what we normally get every year. I think looking back at our preseason predictions, we did both have um, Caleb Williams as a finalist, and we both had Jordan Travis as a finalist. Um, so those two guys didn't make it. But otherwise, um, well, I guess you only picked three guys. I picked four. So no. um, we both picked Marvin Harrison Jr. as a finalist. So not too far off. Uh, I think this year quarterback playing college football was a little different than we expected in terms of, yeah. you know, a couple of sixth-year guys and Bo and Jaden playing really, really well um, and taking that leap that they couldn't their first five years. So um, it should make for interesting draft across the board as well when you have Penix, Bo, and Jaden, um, you know, all kind of vying for the first two rounds, um, you know, vying to make a roster and make a starting spot. And stuff like that. So after the first two QBs and Caleb uh, Williams and Drake May, these three guys are going to be in the conversation to be next. And it'll be interesting to see what order they're taking in as well. Uh, no, no doubt. Um, the quarterback con- conversation could be, especially if J.J. McCarthy declares, I think it becomes a very much a we have three guys who may be at their ceiling and we've got or are approaching it. We have a guy who's nowhere even close to what his ceiling could be. So um, it sounds like Quinn Ewers is going back. Um, that's kind of what we've heard. I will say the other thing. I, did we both pick Jordan Travis to win, right? Yeah. Heisman? Yeah. I do think – I don't know. He wouldn't have won. But, like, had he finished the year healthy, he'd have been – they'd have had five candidates there this year, I think. Um, and then, and he'd have made he'd have made it to, to New York. Um, Jaden Miller or Jalen Miller, rather, uh, missed the cut here. Probably just didn't execute at, at a, from a stats level through the air well enough through the first half of the year. But – um, if they we're doing a Heisman based off the last half, he certainly would have been there. So, um, yeah, no, uh, like you said, it's going to be a fascinating conversation with these guys. Um, it sounds like Carson Beck's going to go back to school. 
Miller is definitely going back to school. So, um, I mean, Riley, Riley, Riley Leonard got a lot of love early in the year, as did uh, Jermaine – or not Jermaine Pratt. He's already in the NFL. That's a defender. Um, Michael Pratt. A lot, listen, a lot of names to remember, man. Uh, Michael Pratt probably also going back to school. So, um, I like it. I think I think if, at this point, if you're not going to be a top three – you know, a round one pick for sure. Like go back to school. Like I think JJ McCarthy should go back to school. Um, it only benefits him. Actually, my hot take, and maybe I'll say this next week. Um, but I think he should transfer. If he like, now he shouldn't because Michigan's so good. But like, point being, to maximize his NFL stock, he he needs to not run that offense. Because like we just haven't seen him on a consistent basis throw the ball thirty times a game and forty times a game and have a chance to display his ability as a passer and a runner. I think we know he's a talented runner. He's got a really talented arm. We just haven't seen him do it for a full season because he really hadn't had a chance to. So um, I'd love to see him transfer to a place like, gosh, a Tennessee, a USC, a Washington, an Oregon, a team that passes the ball a lot. And I didn't just say SC because, like, I'm an SC fan. Like I'm just saying, like, that's a team that throws the ball a lot um, in an offense that – plays to quarterback strengths. Um, so it's just an example. Um, again, Tennessee is the same. Washington, Oregon, um, even LSU. Like, it just offenses that throw the ball a lot. They're a pro-style offense. I'd love to see him in a system like that. But ultimately, I, I think he's going to declare, which I think would be a fascinating conversation because I don't even know if I'd have him as QB5. I think he might be like QB6 if he came out. So, um, yeah, man, it's, a cert- it's certainly a fascinating thing, like you mentioned. I'm looking forward to it. Um, but – Got the NFL season to finish first, at least the regular season, before we start looking at prospects heavy um, and talking about them in the spring. Um, bye weeks this week. We've got Arizona Cardinals, Washington Commanders, two teams on the bye. I think this – is it the last week for buys? I think it is, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, yeah, two, only two teams on bye this week, two teams that uh, are already projected to pick in the top five. Um, Washington really have a, had a hard slide, so maybe the bye comes at a good time for them, but their season's pretty much over. Um, first game on the slate here, Pats at Steelers. Steelers favored by six at home. Thursday night football. They're wearing the all black unis tomorrow night, and they're they're rocking the uh, or tonight if you're listening on Thursday tonight, um, tomorrow for us. But they've got the the yellow paint on the end zones. Um, looks sweet. All the yellow stadium chairs out. So um, the aesthetic will be elite. The game will be terrible. Give me the Steelers. A Kenny Pickettless Steelers to still win and cover. Because the Pats offense just can't score points. Like, th- like the Chargers scored two field goals and beat them last week, which is tragic. I understand that, but like, oh, they're terrible. They can't score. So, um, the weather, sh- like, the weather was terrible in Foxborough last weekend. It shouldn't be any better in Pittsburgh, I don't think, tomorrow. So, give me the Steelers to win, Steelers to cover, even without Kenny Pickett, who's also not that good of a quarterback. But I digress. Yeah, I agree. Um, you know, AFC matchup that really is on par for Thursday night football. And I just don't think it's going to be high scoring. I don't think there's going to be much defense played either. It's just, there's not going to be much offense. So, um, you know, both teams definitely do have better defenses. So, I mean, there'll be some defense, but it's just the offenses are so bad that it's not going to matter. But I think Mitch Trubisky is still going to have enough to get it done at home uh, for the Steelers and win by more than six. I think it's going to be like a 13 to seven 
13 to 6 game. Um, you know, probably not too much more than that. But popcorn matchup we have is Steelers offensive tackle uh, rookie Broderick Jones versus Packers rookie edge rusher Lucas Van Ness. Um, you know, a couple first rounders going at it in the trenches should be good. Uh, good matchup to watch if you're looking for something in this game. But regardless, um, should be should be good. But I don't know. Should be close. I don't think. I don't. I just don't know how one team wins by like more than two scores. But yeah, that's pretty much what I have on that. Well, it'd be real impressive if Lucas Van Ness got on the field on Thursday Night Football. Pat Steelers. I think this is an old matchup. When we copied the sheet over, this may have snuck in there. Um, yeah, I mean, this was a great matchup a few weeks ago. Um, I just realized that this is wrong as as we were like as as I looked up to look, talk about it. I looked over on my other screen. I looked back and I go. Ah, that's I, I, I knew it sounded bad. Uh, I think I typed this out, so um, that's probably on me. Um, you can go Josh Uche. Yeah, I was gonna say Josh Uche would be a great kind of substitute for it. Um, yeah. He's been really solid for the Pats this year. Um, Pass rush actually looked really good when it was him and Judon. Uh, obviously, it's been a little bit tougher with uh, with Judon being out since October, but um, yeah, Josh Uche is also a great substitute for it. But the, the, I will say the Broderick Jones versus Lucas Van Ness matchup was actually really good um, a couple weeks ago. So I think that they get copied over. So I'll take I'll take that one on the chin. Um, that's on me. But nevertheless, same same offensive guy for the Steelers. Watch Broderick. Just watch Broderick Jones this week. He's actually had a really good rookie year. Struggled the first couple of weeks against some really good edge rushers. Really settled in nicely to his career and. Um, Rookie out of Georgia is having a really nice start to his career, and he's kind of again, settled in as a rookie, um, taking his lumps early and really kind of carving out a role for himself at the Steelers. So um, next one up here, Rams at Ravens. Going cross-country to Baltimore uh, from Los Angeles. Got the Baltimore Ravens favored by seven at home. Uh, Ravens win, Ravens cover. The Rams are just such an absolute enigma to me. I have no idea what to expect from them week to week, and as of late, it's been not very good. So um, give me the Ravens to win, Ravens to cover. Um, they're just – I think they're the best team in the AFC right now. So um, they're they. I will say no team in the NFL has played consistently played complete games. Even this, even the Niners as of late they have, but going back to October they were pretty bad. Um, so the Ravens, while they haven't played a ton of complete games at times this year, I think that they are so good on each side of the ball that it, at one side of the ball is going to come up with a big for them. Um, they have such elite talent at at important positions that. I think the Ravens win, and that's why they're the best team in the AFC. But yeah, in long story short, Ravens win, Ravens cover. Yeah, I think this will be interesting. Like you said, the Rams look different week to week. Uh, they came through and got the win for me at home against the Browns last week. But, um, yeah, I don't know what to expect. This is an interesting matchup that we haven't seen um, since 2019 when the Ravens went to L.A. and won by, like, 40 or something. Uh, but this is a very different Rams team, different roster that has a lot of young guys. Uh, playing well with the you know they have good veteran leadership too with Matthew Stafford and Cooper Cup and stuff like that so um, I'm picking the Ravens to win but the Rams to cover I think this is going to be surprisingly close Um, I'm still interested to see kind of what the Ravens offense looks like without Mark Andrews and should make for an interesting matchup I know that the Rams have you know still a lot of really good athletes like I've said with Cup and Stafford but they also have Aaron Donald um Puka Nakua, who's battling an injury, but he should be fine. Um, but a popcorn matchup is you probably could go Cup and Nakua versus Kyle Hamilton and 
Marlon Humphrey. Marlon should be back. Uh, I don't know for sure, but yeah, the Rams receivers against the Ravens DBs, I guess, should be a pretty good matchup. Um, next game up, we have an NFC South matchup where the division-leading Falcons are 5-6. and six. Um, They're hosting the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Falcons are fair by 2.5. I'm picking the Falcons to win and cover in this one. I just don't think the Bucs are going to be able to score enough points against Falcons defense that has a lot of bets. I know AJ Terrell's banged up, but they have a lot of good players on that defense. Uh, the defense really hasn't been that bad this year, and I just think their offense is going to do enough to win them the game at home. Yeah, um, I'll go back real quick. If Cup is healthy versus Hamilton in the slot, phenomenal matchup. Um, one of the better receivers in the NFL versus, I think, the best slot defender in the NFL. So looking forward to that one. Um, getting to the Bucks, Bucks falcons game. I just have no confidence in the Bucks offense uh, on a regular basis. Again, Rashad White, Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, they, they've, they've gotten going in, at times, but they just, they've, they've turned the ball over. They've stalled drives. Um, and the Falcons are at home. They've been really good at home this year, especially against uh, in-division in division opponents. Um, and this is basically for the division. Like, this is a game that if the Falcons win, obviously a lot going to happen because these teams are really, really bad. But um, I am trying to uh, trying to get the exact standings here in the division. But I do think if they win, because they already have the tiebreaker because they beat them earlier in the year. Um, yeah, if they win, they go up a whole, a whole two games in the division. So, um be pretty big for them and i think it would it would essentially clinch the division with four weeks left um and division that's a team that gets in might be at or below 500 or just above or just below 500 at either nine and eight or eight and nine so um team of the falcons to win falcons to cover popcorn matchup this week i'm um, going back to falcons right guard chris lindstrom this time versus bucks idl vita vea um guy's been in the league since i want to say 2017 um been one of the most consistent and solid idl players interior interior defenders uh in the league uh, guy I think is a little bit underappreciated being on a Bucks team. It's not that good right now, but certainly was a key cog in the wheel on those defenses that won uh, Super Bowl with Tom Brady in 2020 and or 2021 rather. And then um, those teams, even the next year, they were pretty good. So um, yeah, two battles battle between these two. I guess I, yeah, I guess I view them as young guys because Chris Lindstrom got drafted in I think 18 or 19, but they're vets now. I mean they're both on second contracts, which is pretty crazy. So um, makes me feel a little bit old despite being 22. It makes me feel a little bit old that I've like. Knew these guys coming into the league, and now they're on second contracts. So, um, but yeah, man, super excited to see this matchup this week. I'll probably be watching um, the early games. This will be one. I'll probably have the quad box up, and well, this will be one of the games that I watch. So, certainly, we'll be paying attention to the uh, the trenches this week in that game. Yeah, no doubt. Uh, a couple guys that have played really well. Chris Lindstrom just got the biggest contract ever for an um, interior offensive lineman this past off season. At 21 a year over five years. Um, so yeah, Falcons favored picking them to win and cover. Like I said, uh, moving on to Colts at Bengals. Interesting game here. Bengals coming off a great win on the road in Jacksonville uh, against the Jaguars, and they go back home here. Indy is favored by one. Um, matchup of a couple teams trying to get that final playoff spot in the AFC. Picking the Bengals to win and uh, cover the one point underdog spread. I think. The Bengals at home come off a big win. It'll kind of propel them to play a little bit better um, and beat the Colts here. And popcorn matchup we have here is the Colts corner, uh, Juju Brents out of Kansas State. 
versus Bengals wide receiver Jamar Chase. Um, you know, really the Colts DBs versus Bengals receivers. Um, I mean, Kenny Morris had a really good year. And, I mean, you look at the Bengals receivers of T. Higgins, Tyler Boyd, and Jamar Chase, pretty solid across the board. I like this one. Um, Juju Brent's had a, having a really – I personally was not a fan of him. I don't think – I didn't think he was a top 50 player for me. Um, I like my words. He's had an awesome rookie year. He's been really, really good. Um, by no means is he an all-pro or a pro bowler, but he's – I mean, it's hard to be a, a really good – quarters are one of the harder positions to make the transition to the, to the NFL. Um, up there with, I mean, obviously quarterback and, like, offensive tackle. So, um, t- I mean, it's it's already hard to play corner in the NFL as is. Making the transition from college to the NFL is tough. Um, he's done it really, really well, though. Huge matchup with Jamar Chase this week, who, again, is a, arguably, a t- arguably a top five receiver in the game. So I'm um, picking the Bengals to win. Uh, Bengals to cover the plus one uh, underdog spread, like you said. Jake Browning really has something going, I think. Uh, he got kind of found a rhythm this week against a solid Jacksonville defense. I think he's gotten settled in the offense. I think they, they probably can't make a playoff push at this point, given the strength of the AFC in the wild card race. That said, I do think they get a win this week and stay in the hunt. Um and as a as a fan of a team who's wanting them to lose right now to elevate their draft pick status, Bengals fans probably feel the same way. They probably don't want to win right now. They probably want to get a couple tight losses. Um, but that said, I think they get a win this week against the Colts. Um, next one up here, Jags at Browns. Cleveland favored by three at home. I think the Browns win. Browns cover. Um, don't think Trevor Lawrence is playing this week. Don't even know if he plays next week. Definitely be back for the playoffs. I think they're going to make it as either a wild card uh, spot or a division winner. That said, I don't. I don't think he plays. I know he's not going to play this week. There's no chance he plays. Don't even think he plays next week. Um, even then, this Browns defense is really, 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 really good. Um, curious to see how they attack um, at Jags offensive line. Um, so I guess like, give me the Browns to win and cover at home in Cleveland this week. Yeah, uh, the Browns kind of got bailed with Lawrence getting injured. I would have picked the Jags, but this kind of swings it. Um, there's a very small chance that Lawrence could play, but he'd be less mobile than early season Joe Burrow. Um, he really wouldn't be able to move. He wouldn't be able to, you know, plant and make a full throw. Um, so I don't know if they're willing to risk that. That's going to come down to how bad they want to, you know, push all the chips in to win this game and next game, which is against the Ravens. Um, so these next two games are big for them against AFC playoff teams. And obviously if they're pushing for that division, really, I know they're one, the one seed, but they need to worry more about the division right now because the Texans and the Colts are only, you know, one and two games behind them. It's not like they got a three game lead. I mean, they got to worry about winning their division and locking up a top four seed rather than trying to fight for a one seed. And so maybe if you're fighting for a one seed, you put Trevor out there, but you lock up the division. If you're not playing a divisional team, I think – I don't know what they want to do, but I think you probably sit them this week. You give them at least a week off and then reassess next week to see if you can put somewhat of a product out there with them on the field. But I don't know if they're going to want to do that. Like I said, um, it's going to be really, really risky if they put him out there uh, with his high ankle sprain that he suffered last week. On or a couple days ago on Monday Night Football, um, but I am picking the Browns to win and cover as they're as they're playing in Cleveland. I think the Browns, you know, coming off a bad uh, loss on the road to the Rams, like I said earlier, the Browns get the job done uh, with Lawrence out. If Lawrence does play, mm, I 
might be picking the Jags. I might be picking the Browns. I don't know. But, you know, with even if he plays, he's going to be severely hobbled. So I'm going to go with Browns. Um, like I said, winning by three or more with the popcorn matchup. Um, it's going to be Jags wide receiver Calvin Ridley versus Browns corner Denzel Ward. Uh, we found out also on Monday night the Jags lost Christian Kirk for the year. Uh, wide receiver two for them. So look for Ridley to get a little more targets and also more attention from the uh, defensive backs. So should be a really good matchup there. Two really good players. Yeah, curious. I mean, again, Calvin Ridley has been a guy. He's had a couple good weeks the last few weeks. Really, really, really quiet middle of the season for him. So going up against, I think it's one of the top flight corners in football this week. And Denzel Ward should be really interesting. Um, it should be a great matchup. I think Ward's going to follow him. He usually does follow guys. Um, one of the better, maybe if maybe the best press man corner um, in the league. Um, kind of as, as a specialist, he's been really, really good there. Really good long speed. So curious to see how he matches up with Calvin this week. Uh, Texans at Jets is the next one here. Texans going up to up to New York to play the Jets rather than New Jersey um, to play the Jets in East Rutherford. He's in favor by five and a half on the road. Um, give me the Texans to win Texans to cover simply because I don't know if the Houston Texans or the New York Jets can score more than like seven points. And I think the Texans score more than 14 or 15. So, I mean, again, it's, it's more about the fact that the Jets, I think they just, they just waved Tim Boyle and they signed Brett Ripien. I think is who they just batted. Um, no idea if Zach Wilson's actually playing this week or not. Um, there's a report that came out that uh, he didn't want to play. Didn't want to go back into the game this year. Aaron Rodgers made it sound like that was a bunch of BS yesterday on the McAfee show. Um, so I don't know if that's entirely the case that he doesn't want to play. I just don't think the organization wants to put him back out there at this point in the, in the year. Um, I mean, I'd be playing for draft pick capital at this point. Like why not lose every other game and get yourself a chance at Marv. So um, yeah, Texans win Texans cover. Uh, I just don't think the Jets didn't score any points this week. Right. I'm going with the Texans to win as well, but I think the Jets will cover just because uh, Texans lost Tank Dell for the year. And I think that might throw a wrench in kind of their rhythm offensively. And they're going to have to try to establish a momentum um, other ways through other guys, whether it be Dalton Schultz, uh, Nico Collins, who's had a really good year. And then Damian Pierce and Devin Singletary, both kind of, um, you know, kind of those running backs there uh, for Houston. So picking the Texans to win um, in New Jersey, but yeah, the Jets, Situation is definitely one to watch. Um, kind of interesting scenario there for them with all the quarterbacks they've had this year. They cut Tim Boyle, like you said. Um, very interesting. And then popcorn matchup of Stingley versus Garrett Wilson should be good. I know, you know, we just talked about a corner and receiver matchup. We got another one here. Stingley's played really well with four picks in his last three games. And a couple of this past week off Russell Wilson. Um, and the Broncos, I think Garrett has, hasn't really looked great recently just because of the quarterback play. Um, obviously, that's not taking anything away from him when you don't have a great quarterback throwing to you. So I don't know if he's going to have a great week production wise, fantasy wise, if you don't have, you know, better options than play him. But you know, I wouldn't play him if you don't have to just because I don't think he's going to get the volume and the production against uh, up and coming um, Texans secondary. And then moving on to Lions at Bears, an NFC North matchup that really doesn't hold any importance other than the Lions trying to lock up that division. 
and I guess make a final push for the one seed as they are uh, one game back of the Eagles currently. Um, I'm picking the Lions to win and um, win and cover. Lions fared by three and a half. I think they win by probably eight. Um, I just don't think it's going to be that close, but hopefully it is. I'm just hoping for some close football games this weekend. Yeah, I just don't think the, the Lions. The Bears covering would just be shocking to me at three and a half. Um, I know they've kind of found a rhythm offensively, but they really haven't. I mean, it's better than it was earlier in the year, especially when Fields was out. But this Lions team is just really good. They, they, they are very streaky. Like in game, they're very streaky. I mean, they got out to 21 point lead in the first like five, six, seven minutes of the game last week against the Saints. And then it was a, you know, a three point win, I think, for them. But. Um, yeah, give me the lines to win, lines to cover. I know they're in Chicago at Soldier Field, but it really doesn't – as bad as the Bears are, I'm kind of unmoved at this point. So give me the Bears to uh, lose this one at home in a division game and the Lions to win. I think they clinch the division this week if they win. Or no, it's probably too soon because the Packers have been really good lately. But they, uh, basically the division's almost locked up for them if they keep winning games. Um, popcorn matchup of the week, uh, Lions second-year edge rusher Aiden Hutchinson versus Bears offensive tackle – right tackle rather uh rookie darnell right out of tennessee um both guys having good starts to their career obviously aiden had a good year last year um having a really good year this year as well super productive and from a pass rush win rate standpoint i don't know if his sack numbers are super gaudy um, but he said really good production and from a pressure standpoint pass rush win rate pass rush win rate standpoint and darnell Wright's had a really good year as a rookie uh, playing right tackle for the bears certainly came in and kind of solidified that spot um makes an interesting kind of discussion when you get the draft time about them because they, they, they like their tackles pretty much um they feel solid there so again curious to see kind of how that exercise pans out in a couple months but um yeah man looking for those of this young matchup and two division foes that see each other twice a year this should be an awesome matchup for hopefully the next decade between these two guys for like i said twice a year yeah i hope so um you know panthers at saints is a Interesting matchup. New Orleans fared by five. I'm picking the Saints to win and cover. Um, I don't think... I just don't think the Panthers are going to put up enough points. Bryce Young's really had only one game statistically that's been good. Uh, the rest have just been pretty poor um, across the board. And I know that's not all his fault, but um, hasn't hasn't really been great for much of the season, for really the whole season for Carolina. Um Saints at home is um, big for them. They normally have pretty good home field advantage. So I'm picking the Saints to win uh, by more than five. I think they win by 13 or something, maybe 27, 14, something like that. Um, I don't think it's going to be too close. At least it shouldn't be. Um, And then popcorn matchup of Panthers defensive tackle, Derek Brown versus Saints interior offensive lineman, Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. Uh, Two guys that have been, in New Orleans for a little bit against Derek Brown, who's been kind of underrated. Um, I know coming into the league, he wasn't, you know, he's drafted really high, but a lot of people didn't think he'd be great. Um, just playing on a really good D line and he's played really well with not much around him outside of Brian Burns. So look for those guys in the interior to kind of be battling all game. Um, you know, as it normally does, the trends are going to play a big role in this one. Feels like they always do, especially divisional matchups, especially um, feels like there's always an emphasis on the trenches uh, in games like this where teams know each other so well. 
Um, Saints to win, Saints to cover. For me, I just Panthers are in such disarray. Um, I feel really bad for Bryce Young for the situation that he's in. Um, same goes for a guy like Aki Kwanu, who's super young, uh, had a promising rookie year. Whole offensive line took a step back. I think it's a coaching, kind of a reflection of the coaching that went on there this past year. Um, like you said, popcorn matchup this week with Derek Brown versus the Saints interior offensive line of Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. Um, Derek Brown, one of the, I think, again, underappreciated guys in this, in this league. Um, one of the better defensive tackles in football. Really developed a really, really, really nice pass rush profile in the last couple of years. Uh, always been a really good run stopper, even out of college. So I'm um, looking for him to have a really good week against two really solid offensive linemen, Eric McCoy and Cesar Ruiz. I believe both those guys have a Pro Bowl at one point or another in their careers. So um, really been mainstays on that Saints team for the last, feels like, half decade. So looking forward to that matchup that week and that matchup this week in that game. Uh, next one here, Vikings at Raiders. Minnesota favored by three in Las Vegas. Give me the Vikings to win. Vikings to cover the three. Um, Raiders are interesting to me. They've got a rookie quarterback playing in, in O'Connell, and uh, they had some juice for a while, and it feels like they lost the juice a little bit. So um, Vikings, again, looking for looking for a bounce-back week after the last couple weeks. Um, Justin Jefferson might play this week, it sounds like. Uh, it sounds like he should be back this week or next. So... I hope he plays this week. They need him to get to kind of keep their playoff hopes alive as a wild card. I think the loss this week wouldn't kill him, but I think it uh, it would make it real difficult for them. I think they'd have to win the last four or three of the last four to get in. Um, so yeah, give me give me the Vikings to win, Vikings to cover in a game that's I wouldn't know if it's called a must win, but uh, the closest thing to a must win you're going to have in a game like this. Yeah, I'm picking the Raiders here. Uh, I know Minnesota Minnesota is favored by three. The Raiders have looked better since um, Josh McDaniels firing and them kind of going in a different direction from an organizational standpoint. And I think their roster's kind of rejuvenated. I know they, you know, they're not undefeated since he left, but they've played better football across the board. Um, you know, I think they're up to five wins now. So I'm picking the Raiders to. Um, obviously cover and win the game outright. I think it's going to be close, but the Raiders being at home, um, it's going to be big for them. And then a popcorn matchup of the Vikings left tackle, Christian Darisaw versus Raiders edge rusher, Max Crosby. Uh, that should be a really good one. Really good one. Third year guy in Darisaw that's played pretty well and improved each year. And then Max Crosby become one of the premier guys in the league. I know we, to- we normally talk about, you know, TJ Watt, Miles Garrett, Micah Parsons, uh, Nick Bosa, but you know Max Crosby's right up there with those guys. Um, he's played really, really well. Another guy that's gotten better every year. Really, um, I mean, not really on a not so great roster either. They pro- they got like three guys on that roster, and then the rest are league average at best. So what he's doing um, with not much around him is really impressive. Um, and yeah, he's 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 just played really, really consistently, really, really well, and. Uh, Plays the game the right way, as far as I know. So, should be a good matchup there. Um, another one in the trenches, on the edge. Um, yeah, that you know could have a big factor in this game down the stretch. No, I'm with you. Uh, Darisaw's been he's talking about really, really good. Um, guy had a solid rookie year. Didn't have the rookie year that his two class draft classmates and Rashawn Slater and Penny Sewell had. Um, but man, has he been really? He was really, really good last year. He's been even better this year. Um, talk about nailing a pick for the Vikings, been in a move up to get him. Um, I guess actually they moved down. 
Did they did they have to trade back? I don't remember if they had to trade back up from where they traded down to get him. I don't remember. I think they traded back, and I don't believe they moved up because I believe it was like the 23rd pick or something. You're right. Yeah, I think that they just I think they were to sit and get him, um, which is a steal. I think guy's a really good player. Um, and then Matt, obviously Max Crosby, like I said, we've we've said it for a while now. He's he's firmly in that discussion as of tier one edge rushers, so um, should be an awesome matchup. I know Max primarily rushes from the right side of the offensive line. Um, he has moved around a little bit. I know that just, again, we, we see him twice a year at the chargers, um, left tackle has been really solid the last three years. Um, in this year in the last two, or as opposed to the right tackle really hasn't been, um, Crosby's wrecked a lot of games against us on the, on the right side. So hopefully he gets some, we get some run up at, you know, two best players, two of the best players at their positions. Hopefully we get some run at this, at it this week, but either, either way, um, should be a great two guys to watch. Um, next one here, Seahawks at 49ers. Niners favored by 10.5 on the road, or sorry, at home. I think the Niners win, Niners cover. If it was anybody else, I'd pick the Seahawks to cover. But they, the Niners have their number to the nth degree. They just, the Seahawks have not been competitive against them in a while. So um, they've looked really good against Dallas, who I think is a really solid team. Um, that said, I just don't think they're going to cover the 10.5. I think San Francisco looks, they, they've figured it out offensively, they've gotten healthy. They've back into their rhythm. Um, he did heinous things last week to that, to that Eagles team. So uh, give me the Niners to win at home and cover the 10.5 point spread um, in a team that they've owned the last two or three years. Yeah, I mean, I picked the Niners to win the Super Bowl before the season started. And uh, I know they've gotten close, but they've been one of the more consistent teams. And um, I've pretty much said all year that they've been the best team in the league in my eyes. And I know they lost three in a row, but granted – their QB had a concussion and was playing, you know, not fully healthy. And then when you miss Debo Samuel and uh, Trent Williams, I mean, a lot can go down. And they went down three games in a row and unfortunately kind of hurt their seeding. But nonetheless, um, should still lock up the division. I think they have a three-game lead in the division um, and should win it here in a couple weeks. Facing the divisional opponent Seahawks, like you said, um, fair by ten and a half in San Fran. I'm picking the Niners to win. I think the Seahawks are cover. I think the Seahawks will cover. I think they still have a bitter taste in their mouth from the Thanksgiving night game. And I think going on the road, um, you know, and with a very quick rematch, you know, within three weeks, I think they're going to want to, you know, up their game up a little bit and at least make it competitive uh, down the stretch. We'll see if it's within 11. I'm not sure if it will be, but I'm going to predict that it is. But no doubt, I think the Niners are going to win this one um, as they keep rolling. The popcorn matchup of the Seahawks corners, uh, Devon Witherspoon and Tariq Wollin versus the 49ers wide receivers. Um, I know George Kittle kind of lines up in the slot every now and then, but mainly Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel. Um, those two versus the two Seahawks corners should be a good one. And then moving along here um, to what could end up being a big AFC matchup, Bills at Chiefs. At Arrowhead, uh, the Chiefs are fair by two and a half. The Chiefs and the Bills really have underwhelmed this year. You know, the Chiefs are already sitting at four losses coming off a road loss to the Packers, um, which we couldn't have predicted, you know, a month ago. And we didn't predict uh, last week. I think the Bills really have looked poor across the board this year, too. Yes, they've been it, that they have had injuries um, a little more than average. But nonetheless, every team has had injuries and overcame them. The Bills had a huge win um against the who was it the eagles right yeah 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 
Big win against the Eagles in Philly um, last week. So I think the Bills uh, make it competitive here against the Chiefs um, in what was maybe predicted to be an AFC Championship matchup. I'm picking the Chiefs to win and cover. I just think it's going to be too much at home, and the Chiefs don't lose two in a row. Um, the Bills have lost two in a row, I believe, uh, multiple times this year. And, yeah, the Chiefs going back home off a loss is almost a guaranteed win. And I just – I mean, I would love for the Bills to win for the Ravens' sake, but at the end of the day, um, that's not really how it works. And I, I'm going to pick the Chiefs to win here and uh, keep, you know, making a push for that top spot. I don't blame you. Um, it's a bounce back. Rarely do the Chiefs lose two in a row. Um, it's just well coaches there are the talent they have. So give me the Chiefs to win, Chiefs to cover. Um, popcorn matchup this week here. Bills receiver Stefan Diggs, who travels inside, outside, um, versus the Chiefs DBs, Trent McDuffie, LeJerry Sneed. So um, those two corners, McDuffie only plays in the slot, Sneed only plays outside. So they won't follow Diggs around, but he'll probably draw one of those two on nearly every single play, being a guy who moves in the slot, out of the slot, um, plays the X, the Z, uh, and the slot position really, really well. So, again, looking for him to kind of match up with those two guys all week. Um, McDuffie was a pick, first-round pick last year in 2022, been really, really solid as a rookie, even better as a second-year guy, uh, kind of developing into one of the better slot defenders in the NFL. And then, obviously, LeJarrius Sneed um, having a really, really good year for the Chiefs, um, really been a CB1 for them. We locked down the, opponent, the opponent's number one receiver, so – I'm um, looking for a good one between those two, both three really of those three guys this week. Um, pop, or I guess the next one on the slate here, Broncos at Chargers. Chargers favored by three in Los Angeles. Uh, Broncos to win, Broncos to cover. I don't know. I mean, I, I, I do know what's wrong with the Chargers offense. Um, I don't know why it's as bad as it is. Uh, I think Quentin Johnson has the worst case of the yips I've ever seen from an NFL receiver. Um, it's that bad. Um, he can't catch a pass five yards on the field. I mean, he literally can't. Um, so there's that. Um, and then, I, I mean, the offensive line has been terrible. Uh, the tight end, the tight end room can't block and no one really gets open other than Keenan Allen. And when teams can double him, like it's going to happen this week, they're going to struggle. They can't run. They can't run the ball. I think they ran for like an average of like under two yards of carry last week. Um, Austin Eckler's just not the back that he used to be. Josh Kelly's really not that good of a back. And again, the offensive line has been really, really bad outside of Rashawn Slater. Who's also, uh, dealing with a high ankle sprain, kind of been just been playing through it all year. Um, it's the last, I think, since week eight, he's been dealing with it. So, um, yeah, man, it's just it's been really bad for them. They've been decimated by injury. Uh, center Corey Lindsley done for the year, really, probably done for his career with a heart issue. Um, he's playing with a backup center. Um, but yeah, they've been really bad. So I don't think they're going to score enough points to beat the Broncos this week. Uh, their defense really, again, has stepped up the last couple of weeks, but again. Um, not very clean offensive game from the Ravens and then uh, couldn't get it done in crunch time. And then last week against a, a super rainy game, super wet against maybe the worst offense in the league, give a, put up a shutout. So um, I think Bailey Zappi threw a pick, like the only drive they crossed midfield. So um, again, I'm not impressed with the defense all the last couple of weeks. I'm unmoved. Um, so I, may, I think the Chargers lose this week. And uh, again, Keenan Allen's going to be, Locked up. I don't say locked up. It'd be a tough matchup for him this week with Sertan. So uh, Chargers lose. Uh, Broncos get the win. And I get obviously cover the three the three point spread as underdogs on the road. Yeah, I mean, that popcorn matchup of Keenan versus uh, Sertan should be good. Um, Keenan's gotten a ton of targets this year. And I think 
I think that I'll still, you know, hold true this week, even with Sertan on him probably most of the game. Um, yeah, so look out for that one. Um, but I am going to go with the Broncos as well um, to win and cover um, the three-point underdog. So I think this is going to be an interesting game. You know, the Broncos are kind of that last team you could think of trying to make a push for the wild card. We've kind of had a Russell Wilson, Sean Payton resurgence a little bit. Um I mean, they've played better as of late. They did lose um, last week to the Texans in Houston, but it was like last play of the game. Um, You know, the Broncos have played better than they have the past few years. And, you know, these two teams are going to split probably in the division. So we'll see. We'll see how this one goes. But I think it'll be close. uh, One score game. Moving on to Sunday night, Eagles at Cowboys, Um, two teams that play prime time like every week. Um, You know, the Eagles. Coming off a bad loss at home, they they had a gauntlet. I mean, we looked like five weeks ago, and we looked at their next eight games, and they were tough. And I believe they're three and one through four of them, and they have three more, I think, that are just really tough. And this one right here um, is another one. Eagles and Cowboys in Dallas. Um, the Cowboys have beat them each of the last five years. They beat them by 27, by six twice, and by 20 twice. Um, so theoretically, you know, win by 27 to keep the trend up. But I'm not going to pick them <laughs> to win by that much, especially after the Eagles got blown out last week and kind of got exposed. I mean, I don't know if there was definitely some people calling the Eagles the best team in the league. I definitely was not one of those people. Um, the Eagles definitely had flaws and got away with them um, because of the way their roster is. I mean, they have a lot of bets. Good coaching. I'm not going to call it like great coaching because of it's not like they don't have much talent, but um, no doubt a team that should make a run this year in the playoffs, but it's going to be a close one, but I'm picking the Cowboys to win at home. Like I said, um, they just have the Eagles number in Dallas and picking them to win. I'll get, we have two popcorn matchups for this one and they're both in the trenches. I'll get the first one and I'll let you give your pick. And the other one, um, it's going to be Eagles right tackle Lane Johnson versus Cowboys edge rusher, Micah Parsons. Micah's been a game wrecker this year. He's had a couple games where he's just come through late in the first, fourth quarter and made a difference. Um, you know, one of those top five edge rushers in the league, like we were talking about a few minutes ago with the Crosby. Lane Johnson, uh, this past week, you know, matched up against Nick Bosa. Played pretty well for the most part of the game. Um, that was a really, really good matchup that we had. And he's got another one here in Parsons. So um, Lane Johnson also facing the gauntlet of pass rushers, but should be a good one here, um, but like I said, going with Dallas to win it. And I think that would put them a tie for the division lead. Uh, I don't know who would have the tiebreaker if they're both at 10-3, and three, but they would be tied for the division. I don't know who, the, who goes to the tiebreaker. I think they then go to the divisional record, um, which I, I don't have in front of me right now. But um, obviously a few weeks left in the, in the season. I think the Cowboys win. Uh, Cowboys cover the three and a half at home. Um, I don't think they've lost a home game going back to like last year. They, they've yeah. been really, really good in Dallas and at uh, at the Death Star, if you will, at Monster Stadium. Um, so I think the Cowboys win. Cowboys cover. They look really good this year. Um, they look a lot better than I thought they would this year. Uh, Dax clearly taking a step forward in the interceptions, especially as of late. Um, that's kind of been the heel uh, of his play. The Achilles heel for him has been the interceptions, and he's been really, really good at not throwing those this year. So. Uh, credit to him for putting in the work in the offseason and getting better like he said he was going to. Um, next popcorn matchup, though, this week, we've got Eagles interior def- defensive lineman Jalen Carter and Jordan Davis. 
versus Cowboys right guard Zach Martin. Um, obviously, these guys line up different to the strength, the, the strength of the formation. So they'll both get to see Zach Martin this week. Um, two of the best young interior defenders in the entire league uh, going up against maybe the greatest guard of all time. Um, when it's all said and done, Zach Martin's been I mean, he's still maybe the best guard in football and he's late in his career. So a guy who's in first ballot Hall of Famer, again, maybe the greatest guard ever. So um, yeah, man, I'm looking forward to it. Obviously, Jalen Carter's maybe be he might be the most talented interior defender in the league, like just a natural gift standpoint. He's the best interior defender I've ever scouted. Um, like I've like talked about Jarvis Jordan Davis. Um, monster in college. Been really, really good as a runner defender in the NFL. Um, freak athlete. So looking forward to this matchup this week there. Obviously, we picked two this week. Just two loaded rosters, um, especially in the trenches. So it should be an awesome game. Looking forward to it. Certainly when I'm going to watch Packers at Giants on, Mon- on Sunday Night Football, which is just a crime that this is Sunday Night Football and not Eagles Cowboys. Um, no, we no the Eagles Cowboys is Sunday night. We have a oh, doubleheader Monday night. Oh, that's right. We do have a Monday night doubleheader. Oh, good. Never mind. Perfect. I know. Um, I was glad. I will be watching. I mean, both these games too. are gonna suck. Um, I was, I was like, damn, that sucks that we've got that game. Perfect. That's so I'll watch that game uh, Sunday night. That's great. Uh, Monday night games. I will probably watch neither of these because I have back to back finals Tuesday morning. But I'm not really missing much. I don't think these games are gonna suck. Uh, Packers favored by six and a half in East Rutherford against the Giants. Packers win, Packers cover to me. The Giants are just bad. These spreads, six and a half feels like it's an easy an easy one to cover for the, the Packers, the way they've looked offensively the last few weeks. Jordan Love really seems to be coming into his own. Um, took him about two-thirds of a season to really figure it out and get real comfortable in that offense. So um, as a full-time starter, so props to Jordan Love. I'm, I'm super glad he's been – He's kind of figured it out and he's coming into his own. Uh, yeah, I was a big fan of his coming out of Utah State. Um, scattered him a ton that year. Obviously, Chargers been a quarterback that, that year. Took Herbert. But, um, yeah, super happy for Jordan Love. And uh, I think the Packers win Packers cover and keeping that playoff hunt. Yeah, one of my favorite things is the Monday Night Football doubleheader. Um, unfortunately, like you said, neither of the games are that great. But, uh, you know, I have a final what day. Let's Let's check the calendar. I believe Tuesday. Um, yep, Tuesday, but it's at 4.30 p.m., so um, I'll probably watch some of these games, hoping they're close, um, hoping the Titans beat the Dolphins in the matchup we're about to talk about, but nonetheless, probably the split screen going for a little bit um, as both games start at the same time, but Packers and Giants, um, Packers fared by six and a half, like you said, have come into their own these last few weeks with some, you know, really good games especially beating the Chiefs on Sunday night, get another primetime game here. I'm picking the Packers to win, but the Giants to cover um, with it being in New York. The Giants haven't looked bad. Tommy DeVito, he's not great, but he honestly has had comparable stats to Patrick Mahomes this year. Now, you have to select certain metrics, um, but there have been comparable stats like pass yards per attempt, this, pass this yards is per game. cherry picking at its finest, brother. I love it um qbr so i don't know i don't really expect much from tommy devito and uh the giants but i will say i think it's gonna be somewhat close with it being in new york um you know the packers obviously have some momentum but hoping for a close game here popcorn matchup packers linebacker devondre campbell got a little banged up not 100 percent sure he's playing um but nonetheless him versus 
Saquon Barkley of the Giants. Should be a good one. Um, Devondre is probably going to be covering Saquon out of the backfield most of the game as the Packers don't really have, um, you know, notable tight ends. They have a couple rookies, but in terms of, like, guys you got to follow and stuff like that, um, you know, the Packers can throw a safety on him. Darnell Sa- Savage is back, so they can probably put him on the tight end. But Saquon versus Devondre should be a good one. Wrapping it up, um, Titans at Dolphins, also at 7.15 Central Monday night. Dolphins fared by 13. Um, this is a tough spread. I'm picking Dolphins to win, but Titans to cover. The Titans haven't been bad with Will Levis, and I know um, Derrick Henry's probably out, but Tajay Spears has been just as good as Henry in that offense recently, at least when they've gotten comparable carries. He's been just as good. Um, you know, he, He's really kind of a do-it-all running back out of Tulane. He's just, like I said, been consistent, been a really good, um, you know, counterpiece to Derrick Henry. So um, looking forward to this one. I'm hoping the Titans win for the Ravens' sake, but nonetheless picking the Dolphins to win um, by less than 13. Dolphins win, Dolphins cover. Um, 13 is a tough spread. You don't really see Mike variable teams get blown out like that, so. Uh, like I said, Dolphins win, but the Titans end up covering that 13-point spread. Uh, popcorn matchup this week. We've got DeAndre Hopkins versus the Dolphins corners. Really just means Jalen Ramsey, uh, Xavier Howard. Um, obviously, Xavier Howard, I don't think he's the corner. He anything near the, what he was the last few years. Um, older guy, but sending a go for D-Hop. He's not the elite wide receiver he once was, um, but still they certainly can get it done on the occasion. So um should be interesting to see how those two cover him. I wonder if Jalen tries to follow him or Xavier follows him. Who knows? Um, it should be a great match between either one of those two guys and D-Hop this week. But that basically wraps up our uh, Thursday turf talk this week. A little bit of a longer one. We spent some time talking about college football. Get a little more in-depth into the matchups this week. Um, trying to expand on the NFL a little bit as we approach the playoffs. So, um, like I said, I'll, I'll let Brett give his closing thoughts and we'll, uh, we'll get out of here. Yeah, um, fun episode across the board. Obviously, the final rankings next week will be a little more college football centered, but we will have a full 16-game schedule from the NFL um, for the last four weeks of the season. we got about nine weeks left of games. Um, you know, college football is going to conclude about four weeks before NFL. Nonetheless, probably nine episodes. With nine episodes to go, Brady has a 10-game lead overall between NCAA and NFL. Um, I got bold with some picks last week, and they didn't really work. And also in college football for Commerce Championship weekend, uh, there were a lot of games that went the other way in terms of what we picked. Um, you know, not a great week from both of us college football-wise. And then as we get, you know, as we get later in the season, especially with bowl games in college football, it's going to be a lot harder to predict because most of the time, you know, college football, you, it's pretty easy to pick. But when, you know, you have really good matchups in bowl games, then it's a lot harder to predict a winner. And, you know, you're going to see our winning percentages in the NCAA suffer a little bit. Um, hopefully they're still pretty solid, but nonetheless, it's going to come down to the wire, I think, in terms of who finishes out um, with a better record. Um, but yeah, thanks for tuning in. Thursday Turf Talk 16 today, probably the 14th one that's ended up, you know, getting to y'all uh, just between the holiday and stuff like that. Nonetheless, we've made predictions all 16 weeks. Um, we will see y'all again on Tuesday for a new episode where we discuss um, MLB, NHL, probably, you know, take off a week for PGA, just given that we won't have events. Um, but then big MLB week, I think. We already got some trade rumors, um, stuff being finalized that we're not going to really say until it's final. But 
Um, hopefully a lot to talk about next week and what's most likely going to be an MLB centered episode. So thanks for tuning in. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Colts podcast and appreciate y'all. Um, and we'll see you in five days. See you guys soon.